What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Cryptos of the Corn Podcast. I'm the great and powerful mystery. And I am Jay Clone 305 today. And it's our season finale. How exciting is that? We we got here so fast. I know. We, you know, podcasting time travel, we haven't recorded anything else yet. Oh, yeah. But no, it's very exciting. So we're doing something completely different this year. Uh, we're going to have guests on. Not just any guest. We're going to have people that have done documentary about the area. They've been out there, and they've seen some incredible, amazing things. Who do we got? First-hand experience in the area. We're bringing on... Friend of the show, joy, musician, uh, artist, uh, just all over content creator machine, Joel Thomas, and the founder and the everything to Merkel Media, the great and also powerful Tony Merkel. Woo! And the confessionals. You should go. And the confessionals. I should probably yeah. plug that too. <laughs> We're the most unprofessional people ever. Welcome, guys. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Welcome to your your worst intro ever. Hey, (laughs) I need to understand something real quick before we get started. So, did you say you were J-Clone 305? Is that what you said? Indeed. That is what my model reads behind my flap. For anybody that's listening right now, his flap opened up and a disco ball came out Mm -hmm. the back and he stood up and started dancing when he was giving... Tony and mine introduction. It was so, really weird. It, it's, Real weird. It tends to pop out when I'm excited. Mm. It's a problem I have. Yeah, that's the only thing that pops out when you're excited. Well, on this model, cue the crickets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, but you guys, uh, I was I got to see the documentary for premiere night. Thank you, Tony. Uh, it was great. You guys did amazing work. I thought it was really interesting. Uh, but you guys focus on the whole Uinta Basin and all of the folklore, the Native American stuff that goes with it, you know, and I feel like 
that's left out on a lot of these modern shows that deal with the area. That it's all, you know, and the UFOs and everything like that are a big part of it, but it's all that kind of stuff when it has, you know, hundreds or thousands of years of activity. So if you guys would just, we'll just come along with a ride with you, but if you want to talk about the documentary, tell everybody where to find it, and we'll just kind of follow along. Yeah, I mean, uh, the documentary is called The Shape of Shadows, and uh, it's based off of what you're talking about. Uh, I had the opportunity to, for the first time, I've interviewed him several times since, but uh, I think it was episode 202, I believe. Um, I called it Skinwalker Ranch because I didn't even know what to call it. I was just like, you know, I, I probably, in hindsight, I probably should have called it Space Wolf Research because that's the property he owns and that's the property mm. we went to. But I interviewed Ryan Burns and he's the owner of Space Wolf Research. Uh, he had his own uh, dramatic encounter with a skinwalker that hooked him into the topic to the point that he doesn't live in Utah but he brought property that butted up against Skinwalker Ranch just to take a crack at researching the area. And so he has that property. And he told me after we were done recording years ago, I mean, this is years ago. Uh, he's like, dude, you can totally come out and, you know, investigate the area. And I was like, man, I'm going to put that in my back pocket just in case one day I can quit driving truck and I become a filmmaker somehow. I'll be able to go out to his property. And lo and behold, uh, that's what we're doing, or at least we're attempting to do. So uh, that's kind of how it all started. The film is called uh, The Shape of Shadows. We can definitely get into a lot of it. It's available right now uh, only on Merkel.media. There is no .com with that. It's just Merkel.media. Uh, MerkelMedia.com was already taken. So apparently there's another Merkel out there that has aspirations like this one. Uh, <laughs> but we uh, we have our website up, Merkel.media. You can stream right there uh, for, through Vimeo. And uh, it's going to be available on Amazon, Tubi, Apple, and other platforms like that moving forward. Hey, uh, real quick, Tony. Yeah. For people, because I've had a lot of people ask me about this and you were talking about going to the website and streaming it off of Vimeo for people that want to know you can stream it to your smart TV. So if you buy it like off your phone, you can project it through your TV as well. It gives you that option to go to your whatever smart devices that you have, you can project it to because I had a lot of people say, well, can I watch it on the television? Like, yeah, if you buy the film or rent the film, you can uh, it'll have a smart TV option to where you can play it on any device that you have, but specifically your smart television. So you can't watch it like a regular film. I know some people get a little deterred, like, oh, it's not on Amazon yet, or it's not yeah. on any of these other uh, places like Tubi or, or whatever. You can still stream it just like those. It's just you do it from your phone or do it from your laptop or your tablet, and it'll give you the option to put it on your smart TV. Sorry, Tony. I yeah, just want people no, to you're fine. And on that note, uh, if you can't, Get it on your smart TV. Don't email me asking me how to do it because <laughs> I'm not I'm not troubleshoot support for a large company like Vimeo. I've had people I've had people email about that. Like I can't figure out how to get it on my on on my TV. I'm like I'm not. I, You're not tech support. I archive those emails. I'm like I, I'm not. I don't know what to do for you, man. Um, so uh, yeah, so it's available on Merkle Media, uh, streaming through Vimeo, and uh, we're excited about it. It was a fun film to to take on and the way we do things is we do not uh script a whole lot we have a general idea of way the way we want the week to go like you know uh we we know this person this person this person we want to try to get in touch with and interview them 
Um, we know where we're going, essentially, for the most part, except for this last film we shot. Uh, but uh, we we just kind of get in the environment and let it unfold around us. Uh, that's kind of the reason why I do that is because I feel like it, it kind of mirrors my show the most. Uh, I'm not really interested in fabricating things. Uh, it's just not what I do with my podcast. It's not really, it's not really my style. I really don't. It's not fun for me. Like I actually want to get scared. I actually want to see stuff. I actually want to have an experience, and I'm just not interested in faking it because it's just it's not fun. And what we were doing before we started recording here, like I'm, I like having fun with what I do. If I'm not having fun with what I do, I tend to not do it because it's just not fun. Um, and that can be a good thing, but also a bad thing at time too. So because sometimes you just gotta do things that aren't fun, uh, but. Yeah, so I mean, that's kind of how we approach everything. We just let the environment unfold around us. And I think the the thing that goes in our favor with it is the fact that um, we we put ourselves in these environments for an extended period of time. And these are known in environments that have known activity, but most people don't do the extended period of time thing where that they're in that environment extensively focused on the topic at hand. Uh, I think a lot of times people that live in those environments, they're getting the kids to school, making dinner. And, oh, I just noticed that over there. Chalk that up for another thing. But those kind of things are probably happening around these people all the time. They just don't notice it anymore. And uh, it sometimes it takes people from the outside coming into the environment, letting it unfold and just observing. And that's what we do. Uh, I think it's, a, it, it's an important thing to show the world that this stuff is real. But uh, in order to do that, you just got to let it happen organically. Mm -hmm. And I, th I think it worked out great. I loved it. I loved it. It was very different than a lot of the stuff you see out there. And like you said, not naming names, but a lot of stuff's manufactured in mm -hmm. this field we're in. And, and you can tell. You get that feeling from watching that stuff of, yeah, I'm sure this kind of stuff happens constantly, you know. And I think that's a testament to why uh, your podcast has grown, you know, so much and how successful you've been is because the authentic authenticity factor to it. And, you know, people are just seeking uh, – uh, people are no longer, I don't think, seeking the the fake, the manufactured, the scripted shows anymore. They want real, authentic people with authentic opinions. And I think it's a drawing factor now as opposed to what, it, what it's been before, you know, in the past or what we've always been used to. Everything on TV or media is scripted or has a, a point they're trying to push. When you're just being real and authentic, I think people want that. They crave that now. So I think it's a great approach to do. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're, we're, we're having fun with it. Um, it all started with that Expedition Dogman documentary. Mm -hmm. And um, I really just didn't know what I was doing on that first one. I still don't know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> but uh, I really didn't know because, I mean, I thought that we were just four guys going to Daniel Boone National Forest to hang out, look for Dogman in a known area, make a YouTube video out of it. I just didn't realize the caliber guys I had and the guys that I had that were just interested in the stuff on a level that I didn't expect. Usually I, I live on an island and I just feel like I'm I'm the only guy out here that really is actually interested in this stuff, you know? <laughs> um, so, you know, it, it's just been, it's been a fun thing. Uh, I'll actually say this right here. This is breaking news. Um, we just got a, an email that um, the, our distributor is sending Expedition Dogman to DVD. And it's going to be available in Walmart and um, Barnes & Noble, obviously Amazon, um, companies like that, Best Buy. Uh, but it's going to be 
It's going to be um, like when you order it, it it's only going to be available online to order in DVD, not in the stores. So it's not like you'll be walking through Walmart and you're going to see the DVD sitting on the shelf and like, oh my gosh. Um, it's just me on the website, but it's going to be good for us for worldwide distribution for countries mm-hmm. that don't have access to streaming mm-hmm. and they have DVD players though, you know, stacked up in a closet. So uh, <laughs> pretty excited about that for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, there's nothing like having the physical copy. That's just how I roll. I don't know. I don't like the yeah. streaming stuff anymore. Hmm. That's interesting because I, I have zero desire to have physical copies of anything. Uh, just <laughs> clutters. I'm not interested. I got I got like probably 100 DVDs of Exhibition Dogma that I paid to have uh, printed just for at events and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I would never buy this because <laughs> I don't even have it. I don't even have a DVD player. So. Tony, do you First the- off... J clones love anything to do with DVDs or retro VHS stuff. I mean, tapes. think about it. They love watching sumo wrestling in their free time. They could tell you everything about any sumo wrestler around the world. And I know this for a fact yes. because I've literally talked to Jay about this. So I know. So if we, if you know everything about sumo wrestling, then you probably have an entire basement full of DVDs at that point. <laughs> Tony, I just I just got a news break. Bigfoot literally this is a head, headline. Bigfoot turds found by woman who thinks she may have found Sasquatch evidence. I'll read <laughs> that article go. later. There we go. Get her on the show. Uh Tony, you are the first time you met me and Jay in person and Jay pulls out his phone. That was like the iPhone. What was it? Three. It's a six S. <laughs> and yes, it yes. was just like you made fun Jay of me. Jay holds on to everything, everything physical. Yeah, it made funny because he didn't take calls or do text. Well, <laughs> it was just carrying a brick around in your pocket. They didn't do anything. Uh, but yeah, you know, I love Expedition Dog, and that's awesome. It's getting worldwide dis- distribution. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. And then you got. Joel, which is the absolute madman that will jump into a portal the first yeah. second he gets. Yeah. I. Uh, the funny thing about the story, and I know, Tony, I've talked about it several times uh, before, but, you know, for anybody that hasn't heard, me becoming part of the team was very, uh, it, it just kind of happened. It wasn't the original plan. So Tony had some guys he had talked to. And Tony and I had really just started, like, really developing a friendship and really over music. I mean, that's kind of how it all started was my buddy Mark, who produced some tracks for uh, this first Van Tesla album that I did with Quan. He had sent it to Tony. And I tell the story all the time because I think it's hilarious because it's very natural for a human to be doing this. Like, Tony was on the toilet, as people do, playing on their phones. And he gets this DM from Mark, who he doesn't know. And he's like, check out this music. And, you know, to Tony's credit, he's like, I get stuff like this all the time. It's probably not that good. But whatever, I'll listen to it. I'm like that, too. I'll always listen to it because you never know where you're going to find that magic nugget. Mm-hmm. And be like, ah. So he listened to the first track and he was blown away. And he ran down to his uh, studio, which was in his house at the time. This is back when he lived in Philly. He ran down there and listened to the whole album. And he reached out to me personally and said, man, I really like your stuff. Do you care if I use it for this underground radio show he was running at the time and called Rage Against Dystopia? And I was like, yeah. So I sent him the tracks and then we got to talking. And then I had some paranormal stuff and some weird things in my past. And he was like, hey, you want to come in studio? So Mark and I flew into Philly and we met Tony. And Tony and I uh, really connected like right off the rip. 
And then he and I started talking a lot. And I remember because I was working on a Bigfoot track with you for the confessionals at the time. And I think I had just come out with that. And I remember you had reached out to me. Just I remember walking around uh, my house and I got this text from you. He's like, hey, man, I don't know if you're really into this stuff, but do you want to go on this trip to hunt dog, man? I'm like, brother, like I'm all into this stuff. Like I grew up in the mountains of Georgia. Like I'm all about it. And then, of course, he's like, well, I mean, if you come, do you have any weaponry? And I was like, man, I don't talk about the government stuff that I talk about without having that. So <laughs> it's like, for sure, I've got that too. So Tony's like, man, awesome, man. He's like, I didn't even think you'd say yes. I just threw it out there. And then we all went on this trip and it ended up become it was so awesome. Like we had one of the best experiences we had some very weird experiences, which every single trip that we've been on, all four trips so far, we've had some of the wildest experiences. You know, we've got this Wes Germer film coming out uh, with uh, where we went to Washington hunting down Bigfoot, and we had some wild stuff happen there. Uh, with this last one we were just on, we had some just mind-blowing stuff, and it ended up being a combination of two separate trips because uh, we tail-ended with another day, which probably some of the wildest stuff happened that time and we just can't wait for everybody to see it but this happened when we were out in the uinta basin some of the wildest stuff happens and i feel like that it's because one we believe that the world is made up of weird and strange things and when you do understand that i think you're more open-minded to seeing that and i think those things are attracted to those type of people too i, I think they know that and I also think that we go into these situations with a lot of respect for the area that we're in. One of the things we did with the Uinta Basin situation, we didn't want to shoot it like everybody else. We don't want to be like those science guys, no offense, Justin, that go in with their, don't have heart attack, that go in with all their, you know, uh, instruments and everything. Now, not to say that we didn't have that on the trip. We obviously did. We had a professor come in, uh, they, they did some readings on the land. We, you want that aspect. But what we really wanted to touch on was the Native American culture and the Native American aspect with these skinwalkers because that's where it started. And you, if you notice on any of these documentaries or shows that talk about skinwalkers, they always omit that or they barely talk about it or they make it sound like that they're crazy. When in actuality, they're probably more onto what is really going on in the area than anyone else because if in this cryptid world you're going to find that a lot of this stuff is supernatural a lot of this stuff has to do with these other realms i'm not saying that there's not physical cryptids but even some of these physical cryptids can move in and, absolutely yeah. and can move in and out of these spaces that's you know, like let me just say, Go hop ahead. in with you real quick. Uh, that's one distinction that people need to start reshaping their minds on is that when you think supernatural, you think uh, something that's that's invisible, that you can put your hand through like a ghost. Um, it, very rarely when you think supernatural do people even go right away to angel being physical like it says in the Bible. And people really, really they really need to start reshaping their minds to understand that when somebody says supernatural, that literally does mean that it can be very, 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 very physical. Mm -hmm. uh, and we see that in the, the Bible so much where like angels literally eating food with human beings. Mm -hmm. uh, like even Paul, 
Yeah, even Paul says that you should always be hospitable because you never know when one of these suckers is going to be, be an angel. Angels. Like they're entertaining angels. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, like I mean, I I, I added the sucker part, but um, <laughs> like, <laughs> I I it's just um and Joel, I want you to continue what you were saying. I just wanted to hop in there because uh, one, I'm sick and my ADHD is is bonkers right now. Uh, but I I just wanted to really clarify that because I think that's a hurdle that we are in the middle of hopping over now, but there are a lot of people who still aren't getting it. And a lot of times it's people like my fault where when I'm talking about it, I assume everybody's on the same page as right. me and that's just not the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I, let me just take this opportunity on your show uh, for your audience to say that uh, when we're talking about these cryptids being supernatural, we are absolutely talking about something that we believe can transcend transcend dimensions, can disappear in front of you, but also can be very physical and debow you as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. Well put. And to even just what you said, Tony, people, I found in just whatever community you want to call this, whether you call it truth or community, conspiracy community, cryptic community, there are buzzwords that constantly flow around in these echo chambers, and most people don't know what words mean. They don't even look at the etymology to understand what words mean. You just said it. News, news, news flash to you, Joel. Nobody looks at etymology except for you. Okay, just saying. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like you're the you're the weird guy here. Okay, I'm just letting you know. It, it's not like you're like I can't believe people. But yeah. it, it's it's not natural. I'm just telling you. So, but in the sense of you're right. But in the sense of just the basic way of looking at etymology, like look at the two words you just said: supernatural. That doesn't denote paranormal. That just mm-hmm. says it is super of what you understand is mm-hmm. natural. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean ghost. It doesn't necessarily mean these things that people think that it means. So when you say supernatural, it, it can mean anything. It can mean something. Like if you saw a guy running down the road at 100 miles an hour, that's supernatural. Mm-hmm. Something's going on with this guy to make him be able to do something that the natural person can't do. At that point, I'm thinking like super soldier serum or something made him be able to do that. Methamphetamines. A pound and a half of cocaine is what <laughs> cocaine right, bears. Or that. But at the end of the day, I think that's how we got to start understanding these cryptids. Yeah. You know, Bigfoot is a, is a big one in this community that is super divided. You've got the old school guys who think missing link and, uh, you know, this is a an animal that just knows how to hide. Then you got a lot of the new school people who are a little more open-minded saying like, well, yeah, but too many people have had sightings where Bigfoot's doing stuff that's just not natural. That's Mm -hmm. supernatural. And I think that's what we're seeing. And to this Uinta Basin point, we understood going in there that we needed to talk to the people that understood that about skinwalkers, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. they're that that was passed down to them through generations and generations and generations. They understood that because when we interviewed Bo uh, Standing Rock, who is a part of the film, his, what was it, great-great-great-grandfather had been past this knowledge and was able to shapeshift into animals to get past enemy lines. So this was stuff that was passed down to his family that he understood from his family. We, we knew that. We knew we needed to talk to these people because they understood the land better than anyone else. And they weren't going to look at it from a scientific angle only, like mostly supernatural, because they understand that, man, this skinwalker thing 
it's been going on. We've been talking about this for hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years. Like this is this is a phenomena that is just very comfortable in our culture. So I think for us, we needed to represent that on film, which no one has done before or after yet. So we know that when we do these films, that's what we need to do. We need to look at the angle that no one else is looking at. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, I think it's easier for us because we just naturally gravitate towards that anyways. Um, and it's, it's with, it's, it's us being open about who we are. Um, listen, I mean, I, I don't expect everybody to agree with me on everything, you know, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to hop on my show and do things that I don't like mm -hmm. and believe and think. Right. So, uh, we, we come into these situations already on the same page of, you know, we think about this stuff different than most people. Um, and it's not like we're scientists and we're like, well, the data took us there. I don't have data. <laughs> I just have my, I just have my own opinion and thoughts on things, you know? And real quick, Tony, I don't want to jump in before you go, go on. Cause I just want to piggyback while this is on my mind about what you just said. We do what we like. I, mm -hmm. I what bothers us sometimes is people think that we are shilling or grifting certain topics to become successful off of it. That's not the case. I genuinely love the stuff that we chase the weirder the better because i literally and i'm not speaking for tony even though i i know he does too <laughs> i literally believe this stuff like the weirder it is the more likely i am to believe it mm -hmm. now tony's good at reeling me back in and because i'm gonna go to the first extent and then come back but that's literally what i believe so anything that we're perpetrating we don't want your money we're going out in the woods anyway we're looking for this stuff. Like, this is what we literally believe and we feel passionate about because we feel like we're called to do this too. And we feel like that we are trying to shed a light on a spiritual world that people don't understand. And sadly, I think there's going to be a time period where this stuff's revealed and the people that aren't ready for it are going to believe whatever they're told that it is. And I don't think that's going to be what they think that it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean... um, uh, I'll use uh, bounce off that with um, an example. When I started the podcast in 2017, uh, I was just newly coming into this idea that could Bigfoot be some kind, or at least uh, I don't even think I was thinking that Bigfoot could be uh, multiple things. I do now, um, but I was thinking like, could Bigfoot be a type of Nephilim? And if it's a type of Nephilim, would it have the supernatural aspects of their fathers? And if that has that, would that explain why they're all disappearing, right? And I started thinking about that stuff before I started podcasting, I'd say a few months before, and I was very nervous about talking about it because definitely back then it wouldn't be accepted. Um, and and I, I just didn't know what to do. But I crossed that bridge early on and I was just like, you know what? Nephilim is a very real topic here that needs to be discussed. That's why episode four was a Nephilim show. Uh, and ever since then, I have not shied away from the topic of Nephilim. Even though when people nowadays are, <laughs> they're coming like, what is your obsession with Nephilim? And like, hmm. uh, see episode four, work forward. Like, you know, like, I, I don't know. The blueprint. I don't know what boat you missed, but like homie's been doing this for seven years now. Um, but uh so there, I had to cross that that road then, and about a year and a half, two years ago, I'd say I really don't know the time frame. Uh, I had to cross a similar road with this uh, portal stuff, 
And and listen, I, like I'm not saying that I'm the guy that talks about it and there like or whatever, whatever. But uh, not a whole lot of people at all that I knew of was talking about portals, creatures, interdimensionalism, and accessing those realms as humans, coming back, transforming your body, all that stuff. And and I I, I had to cross that road. And I was like. I find this very fascinating. I believe this is actually happening. I don't think people are going to accept it. I think I'm going to get hammered for this. But if I don't do it, I'm going to be bored out of my mind moving forward because there's a whole chapter that I find very, very interesting that I'm putting handcuffs on because I don't know what the perception will be. Mm -hmm. And so years ago, like, uh, like I said, a year and a half, two years ago, I was like, okay, there's something funky going on here. And as soon as I, I like gave the nod to it in my own heart and my mind, like the, the doors just opened up. And, and it, it, there's a real freeing thing when you get to the point where you're just like, you know what? I just don't care anymore. And that's just where I'm at now. I just don't care anymore. Like, if you don't like me, don't listen. If you like me, listen. I'm just going to have fun, do what I want to do. And if me having fun doing what I want to do sinks the ship, dude, I'll, I'll I'll happily go farm uh, an acre of land in a trailer with my family, homeschool my kids, and live very peacefully, not on social media. <laughs> and so, like, like if if me having fun sinks this side of the ship, the other side of the ship's gonna go straight in the air. I'm like, oh, I'll just sit on that side because that's nice <laughs> yep. too. Yep. So, like, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying like, and so that's where I'm at right now. And when it comes to like the portal stuff, interdimensional stuff, like newbies that hop on and they're like oh let me hop on the most recent episode you're probably going to be like what the heck but i don't suggest going back to episode one working forward because it's a completely different show different host uh different vibe everything uh i i just warn people that uh what here's here's the thing here's what i'll say uh and then i'll say more and then i'll say more um <laughs> so i am a human being and seven years ago i started a podcast I constantly preach to people that you will change as a human being. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And if you go forward 10 years in time, you will be a different person. And so why not control that change in your life? That's my message I preach to people, right? Um, and I just had a flashback uh, on my Facebook where 12 years ago, I posted a picture of me sitting plastic wrapped in a warehouse chair because I was quitting a, a job, a driving job to go to another. Uh, no, I was quitting my driving job to go coach college basketball. I mean, this is how far back it was. 12 years, only 12 years. I, I was wrapping myself to a chair in a warehouse in plastic wrap with a Romanian named Zoltan Puskas. <laughs> and Zoltan. I, I was quitting my job to go coach college basketball for two years. And then from there, I went back into driving to the company that I was eventually going to quit to do podcasting from. But I didn't even start podcasting for four years, I think it was, uh, into driving at that job. So, like, you just see how the timeline, everything changes. Mm -hmm. And when I'm saying I started a podcast seven years ago, you're talking to a guy who started a podcast seven years ago thinking certain things that hopefully as another human being, you would expect their thought processes change as they, as they entertain more information and they evolve in their thinking. Whether you agree with that evolution or not is, is a whole other topic. But 
like to to expect people to not have a different mentality and thought process from one year to another, let alone decades, uh, is really not reality. Uh, so, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I don't know how I got on that, but <laughs> Joel, I'll hand it to you. <laughs> yeah, no, I have no I agree, idea. I agree with the evolution thing, and anybody that's heard oh, me on. Let me just say this. Yeah. So that, that's how I got on it. Because when I started the podcast, I was not the supernatural woo-woo yeah, to the max guy right. that I am today. Mm -hmm. and, and what I am today absolutely reflects in the films. Absolutely. And so that's how that, I yeah. brought it full circle. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, and I'm, I'm just going to piggyback off Tony there because, you know, I love researching Nephilim and fallen angels and all that stuff. People that have heard me know that that's like my passion. I, I, I study a lot of stuff, but I love that. And it's just fun to me. I, I love digging into all these different cultures and how they view giants and everything else. But I can say just from me changing from when I started, you know, I thought the Anunnaki were Nephilim, you know, when I initially, and I know there's some guys in the field that absolutely think that. But the more I started digging through it, I don't think so because they were creating, they were probably fallen entities because they're considered gods. And not to say that Nephilim weren't considered gods too, because they were demigods in a lot of cultures. But from the way I looked at it, digging into it, I think there were fallen entities that created because they did create Nephilim. They did create these Agigi. They did create these other things. So that was where my big change was that I can always point to and say, look, I started here. But as I started doing more research and digging and looking into a lot of other things, my mindset changed. And it's probably going to change again in the next year. Probably mm -hmm. in, in the next year after that, it's going to change because I'm constantly looking and digging. And as we look at the world around us, how it connects to the research that we do or the things that we're interested in, we're going to see that more and more. I mean, I've watched Justin and Jay change their thought mm -hmm. patterns over the past few years just from knowing them early on and how they think about a lot of things now too. So I think all four of us in this podcast right now uh, are constantly evolving and changing how we think about it because if we don't um, we're just going to stay stagnant and we're mm -hmm. never going to get out of this archaic way of thinking about because listen weird stuff's happening around the world weird stuff's being reported in the mainstream now around the world mm -hmm. so we're getting to uh, i'm not i don't know how close but we're getting to a point where people are more accepting of the weird and whether that's government controlled or not is a whole other show but to say that we're getting close to a point where people are accepting of this stuff we have to start looking at it differently if we don't we're gonna get left behind mm -hmm. i i was i'm gonna just plug this too so just uh like two days ago three days ago joel posted on the confessional social um on i think it was on instagram probably many but he posted a video that was sent to us it was a night vision video of a giant skull and there's a whole story behind it and we're going to try to do some kind of show on it with the people. But I was told by the person who sent it that the organization that he works with that founded and everything that, and I think they were talking more positively about this, um, but that they were in communication with the Anunnaki. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and so it's like, hmm. Okay, so underneath Joel's um, diagnosis, they're talking with fallen angels, fallen ones. Um, Absolutely. And so other people would say they're talking with Nephilim, but they're probably thinking that they're talking with extraterrestrial or interdimensional beings that seeded humanity here and they're here to help us. It's interesting.
A lot of different perspectives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I didn't know about that part. You just revealed that to me. So that's for sure. If you, if there are any kind of connection to something that's talking to them, it's probably not dead spirits of the Nephilim or shades or demons. Generally speaking, you're going to, if they're uh, pushing that they are creators and that they are here to give you a way, um, which you're going to find a lot of alien, quote unquote, uh, beings telling humanity a lot when they have connections with humanity, how that they're either a, a high, higher evolved version of them from the future, or they are a the creators of us. You're you're generally dealing with fallen entities. Mm -hmm. That's don't, just my opinion. Don't ever trust but, aliens, quote unquote, aliens. You know yeah. they they say <laughs> they're we're we're both big believers or, in that. That I think there could be life out there somewhere. I don't think it's visiting us. If you're talking to something that's quote unquote visiting you, it's probably not the best thing, especially if they're trying to interact with you. And why do they always look like us? Why? Why are they the always like problem. a version yeah. of us, like some humanoid with big eyes or small eyes or whatever? You look at all of them, Pleiadians. You go down the list. You of can all talk. of them, and we're like a version of us. Like so, what in the? in this massive galaxy they all look like us exactly like, that's when you got to start thinking that this it just doesn't add up they're not they don't, they're there. not all like us the only way i uh, believe no. it and we talked about this me jay and joel just talked about this recently that the only way i would believe aliens when they landed or whatever are truly aliens is if they look like a big puddle of slime or a giant starfish like creature with no you know nothing it'd have to be the biology would be so vastly foreign it couldn't be recognizable to us it'd be hard it's supposed to, it should be hard to recognize as life because our biosphere is all related you know when god made us it's all the same stuff you know we have pretty much all the same bits so like something from a dr seuss book even even more so because you gotta remember those things have fur and feet well true you're those are all characteristics of this biosphere i suppose mm -hmm. <laughs> now uh, oh yeah so Back to the Uinta Basin, if you guys don't, because yeah, we could talk all day about everything. Uh, will you tell <laughs> everything us? we talked about is on track with the Uinta Basin, one yeah. way or another. But let's take it specific. Yeah. Will, will you tell us some of the stuff you guys seen out there? Because I know from watching the documentary, it was incredible. Some of the stuff you guys witnessed or came across. Uh, me personally, the second I would seen that circle, I'd been back in the car. I'd been back to Ohio before you guys really knew where I was. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, I don't know if you guys have maybe he, no he's really popular actually but he's from philly that's why i've known him about him for years like going on probably 10 12 years this guy named ed bassmaster yes, um I know he him. does like yeah so he does he does yeah exactly you know and so one of his skits is he'll go out and be like would you look at that would you look at that and yeah. then he says it until the person that he's talking to a random stranger says yeah would you look at that and then he walks away yeah um and that's Every time I see that scene, that's how I felt. I was like, would you look at that? Would you look at that? Just look at it. Like, that's how I felt. And um, I was just like, I was not expecting, like, I don't expect anything, really, to be honest with you. I'm just like, yeah, we'll see what happens. And hopefully we can, you know, muster a film together. And every time something surprises me. And that that, that trip had a lot of surprises. But uh, yeah, that that circle, there was a... I don't know how to say it, mystical connection to that circle with the environment around us. Mm -hmm. uh, because, 
it wasn't until we discovered that circle that minutes later the sky just lit up around us. Mm-hmm. Wow! Um, and it seemed like it it really circled around that that circle and that circle that ritual circle was uh, located probably about fifty feet from tracks that we found that went from human to horse. Uh, I think Joel, I think Joel, were you the one that discovered those tracks? I can't remember who did. I know I, I didn't. So <clears throat> Ward actually was behind me and he spotted it first and I ran down there with him and then he and I tracked the tracks. This is this is the day, during the day before the ritual circle was found. So we're walking down and we see these tracks and they're human tracks. You could tell they're, they're like boots um, dug in the ground. And you can tell like it's definitely it's definitely human tracks. But then about halfway down, they start changing, literally start morphing into something else, where it's like that doesn't look very human anymore. And then it's like, well, that definitely doesn't look human anymore. That looks more like hoof prints. Oh, wait a minute, these are dog prints or or coyote prints or wolf prints, whatever you want to say. It morphed into that completely. So then you see these tracks go to where there's a fence line and it's like it hops it because then you see them a little further and then going over a mound so we were automatically keyed off there and during that week we actually had two separate native americans come and look at the prints separately so we didn't have them come together even though we did have them together by the last night of the week so we could all sit around the campfire and, and, and ask questions and go through things we had them look at it separately both of them instantly said skinwalkers. It wasn't even like a second thought. Um, because we had one one guy, Bo, that was younger. And then we had another guy. What was his name? Uh, Johnny. 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 He was older. So we had two different eras mm-hmm. uh, of of two Native American men that came and looked at it. And instantly both of them said skinwalker. Matter of fact, Johnny was dead on he's like that's skinwalker he's like you can tell he's like it's humanoid print moving into an animal print he's like you don't see that unless you see skinwalkers and he even sp- he even looked at the location and said this is the perfect area for a person to change into something because it's super secluded nobody can see it behind all these trees and brush if somebody wanted to do something like this they would do it here out of yeah. anywhere else mm-hmm. and listen there were horse prints in that area there were all kind of other animal prints in that area nothing like this though this was a complete morphing of one print to another print and for let people know we do have casts of the animal prints that we that we got i know ward still got them so we did actually cast I those got them. prints. oh you do have them now oh, okay yeah <laughs> yeah they're buried somewhere <laughs> i never even cleaned them off they're still dirty from the trip two years ago so, was the, I, um, was the footprints were they actual boot prints or were they bare footprints? Yeah, yeah, they're they're boot prints, and that I mean I know where you're going with that. And it's like, well, where'd the boots go? You know? Yeah, I, I don't know. Or who's I don't know. who's wearing boots that would you know transform into an animal? That's yeah, part of the same yeah, camouflage. I mean, no, yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe he maybe the skinwalker opened the portal, dropped the boots off on the other side of the portal. Just, I'll come back for these later. I just don't want anybody like, taking my boots. Right, it's like his mudroom. Uh, don't want to get his you know floor dirty. Yeah, no, I know. I and I, I, um, I tried debunking it myself, uh, you know, because I was just like, well, I mean, somebody has a horse and they hopped up on their horse. That's why they're gone. The horse tracks are there, but uh, it doesn't explain why I don't have horse tracks where the boot tracks were. Right. That doesn't makes any sense. 
And so I can't get past the fact that there's no horse where there's human. There's no human where there's horse. Mm -hmm. And it seems like the trackway just evolves into one from, from one to the other. You're missing, I don't know. You're missing the obvious answer, Tony. He was a, carrying the horse. Ah. That that makes complete sense now. <laughs> you know, I'd be really, I, yeah. uh, I would be more That's, scared than a skinwalker if I seen a guy just carrying a horse. Out. He got yeah. tired. It's like, all right, you're <laughs> trying like, to carry me. I do. I'll take the skinwalker over that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Carried a horse Middle like of the a desert. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. For everybody that, listening, can you kind of describe that circle? Because it is absolutely horrifying. Yeah. So. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up real quick here. And tell me, break down how you found it with Ward too, like so people understand that part. Yeah. So, uh, common denominator Ward, maybe he's planting this stuff. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I mean, we were all at the campfire, and oh, I don't got a good picture there of that. Anyways, uh, we were all at the campfire, and I remember I had trail cams, and I was, and it was our first night there. And I was like, oh, you know, we should have put the trail cams. And part of you is just like, ah, we'll just do it tomorrow. And then it's like, well, we only got four or five days mm -hmm. here. So you should probably do it now. Uh, but I'm scared. I don't want to go down there <laughs> alone. So where it's like, come on, wimp. And um, he carried me like the guy carried his horse. <laughs> uh, and uh, we get down there to where the tracks were. And on the other side, of the, uh, uh, there's a trail. Tracks are on the right. To the left, there's a creek. On the other side of the creek, there was a tree that I was like, oh, that tree right there kind of would be a nice spot to put a camera. It overlooks the trail. It hits the area where the tracks are. So maybe we can catch what made the tracks. And so we we hop the the creek and we go and, and, and I'm standing at the tree. And per just like the first film, I saw something out of the corner of my eye. I don't know what I saw. It was very, very fast uh, as far as seeing it goes. Uh, but I, what I was doing was I was scanning behind me to make sure I'm good before I start messing with the trail cam. I did the same thing here. And as I, I trailed, I scanned behind me just to make sure Ward's staying there. Ward's like ultra security. He's like, I got your back, brother. Except for this time. Um, he, <laughs> he, he, uh, I turn around and I'm like, Ward, Ward? You know? And he's, uh, he's probably about 30, 40 feet away from me. And he, it, it was a, a very eerie vibe at first because He's standing there with his back completely towards me. All I see is his head is straight down and his hands are in his hoodie pocket and he's standing completely still. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Ward's possessed or something. He's the last person I thought would get possessed on my team. <laughs> like if he can get possessed, what's that say about me? And I was just, a, and that, that's all like in a half a second, a thought process. And then um, I look at, uh, thanks Jack. Uh, I look at the, the ground because that's where he's looking. And I see what he's looking at. Uh, well, vaguely. And so what I see is uh, a skull with antlers. And I'm like, oh, a, a dead cow or something like that. And um, it's dark out, mind you. It, it's, it's absolutely dark out. So I can only see by basically the moonlight or whatever. Um, and I said to him, I said, is that what I think it is? And he's like, yep. And I said, oh, all right. And so I, I hung the camera. I'm like, okay, Ward's not possessed. He's just looking at a skull. And uh, I hop down jovially uh, uh, and he, I walk over and I'm like, hey man, what's up? And when I look down next to him, that's when I see the full picture. And it is not just one skull, it's two skulls and tons of different bones all layered in a circle. So there was um, 
there was two skulls, one on each side of each other, and then a bunch. And I'm I'm not I'm not Justin, so I don't know what animal bones they were, uh, but <laughs> they were bones of something, and they were piled uh, in piles going around in a circle. There was a lot of them. And in the circle was a bowl with, um, I don't know, tobacco and I think some coins. Um, and then on one side of the circle, there's a piece of wood with some stuff on it as well. And I was like, that's a freaking ritual circle, bro. And so he took pictures of it. We went up to the team and told them about it. And as we were looking at the pictures, that's when everything went off in the sky. But yeah, that's what the the ritual circle looked like. And it kind of pops in and out throughout the film. It's the moment of discovery. Mm-hmm. And then we we show it to the the natives uh, separately. And it just, it seemed to be an anchor point for our experience that week. Hmm. Yeah, I, it definitely, like I said, I'd been back to Ohio before you guys got back to camp. <laughs> You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and when they were showing, and you'll see it in the film, so anybody wants to go watch the film, when we started passing around the camera phone that had the picture of the ritual circle, there were, for about an hour, hour and a half, there were up to 20 to 25 UFOs that lit up the sky at that moment. And listen, we know what the satellites look like. 
first off, there's not 25 satellites that in instantaneously light up the sky mm -hmm. at once. I can tell you that. And we and we knew where there were points because we'd already scoped out uh, the Mesa that we were on and then we were looking over into Skinwalker Ranch. But we looked over the sky and we knew that there were certain points. There were towers that were for air flight. We knew it, we knew where there was a where those were at. We knew where there were certain satellites. We could spot those out. These were not that. They were moving erratically. They were uh, doing like figure eights over each other, which is really weird. Different colors. Uh, you're going to see some of this on film for sure because we've got some of it on film. Night vision, uh, some uh, pictures and video footage that's on the film. So people that are you know looking to, for the evidence, it's, it's there. So we did see this for about an hour, hour and a half, which is insane. This was right after we found the ritual circle. Now, after all of this kind of subsided, we did go down as a team and go look at the ritual circle. And there were some weird things involved with that too because as we pushed back behind the ritual circle, there was like a weird, I don't know if you remember this, Tony, it was like a giant cooler like that was out there that had a lock on it and said, it was do a not tool open. Case. It was a toolbox. And it was like scratch, do not open on it, which oh. was really weird. Mm. So there was a lot of weird things that encompassed it that were going on there. Uh, so we don't know who made the circle. There was also on the trail, and we found this out the next day because Johnny found it. There's a couple different gates to get into Space Wolf. You got the main gate that you come up to the front and you got the caretaker that lives in the front, but a little ways down, there's another gate that has a lock on it. And by this gate, there was a little uh, pouch with it was it was an offering pouch that Johnny told us that's given to whatever entities or whatever that that was sitting in this trail yeah. that took you to the ritual circle. So according to Johnny, and he he's a little more uh, cognizant and understanding what's going on, especially with Native American culture, because I mean he's he's been all he's, he's traveled all around the world and he's you know half Ute himself. Um, so he said that this ritual circle in his opinion had been there for a while and he thinks it is the ritual circle that you use to then transform into whatever uh likeness you wanted to take on or whatever likeness that you took on when you made the ultimate sacrifice and he said that could happen by sacrificing a family member somebody close to you or whatever you were told to give up to be able to do that but he said this ritual circle is used as a part anytime they want to change he said it makes sense but he's like you've got the ritual circle here and then probably 15 feet 20 feet away you've got the area where we saw the footprints change so that he said it makes sense you do this ritual you start to change you move down here real quickly to where you're going to change into and then you hop over this fence and you're gone you do whatever you want to, to whoever you're going to do it to yeah. so johnny said that there are plenty of people that they've known to spot out in that community they's like well we know they're a skinwalker they act erratically. We can tell when they start going into this whatever phase and they disappear for a few days. We know what's going on. We don't ask a lot of questions because we don't want them like, coming after us, but we, we know these people. We know who they are in the community. Yeah, then all of a sudden, Jimmy that runs the gas station is gone and he's <laughs> never comes back. <laughs> 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 but he asked too many questions. And I told him, you know, keep his mouth shut. No, I, I want to kind of backtrack to something that you said about the, uh, the lights in the sky. Um, and just because I, I, I'm learning that um, if you don't say it, you can't assume people automatically right. know and understand it. Um, when you're making a film, 
everything is subject to be cut. And so that's why I'm not an editor. I don't edit these films. I, I show up, I smile, I do my part, and then we pass it on to people who do their part. Um, and so that scene in the movie, in the film that war, or Joel described as hours, it was hours. And we filmed for hours, but we can't put hours of that, that moment in the footage for the film because nobody's going to like that. You think you'll like it, but nobody's going to like it. Mm -hmm. it it's, it's long, it's drawn out, um, and it's just not how you do things. Uh, so I just want people to understand that just because you see, I don't know, it's like five, ten minutes of it or something like that. And it's been a while since I watched the documentary, but uh, it was literally hours of it. And my brother's sitting here in studio working on things and he was there and he could attest to it too. I mean, I remember, I think it was even in the film, I remember we were filming something and he just goes, what is that? And I'm like, it's a UFO, Jack. It's a freaking <laughs> UFO. What do you think it is? Look at the sky, bro. They're all around. What do you mean? What is that? You know? And so like, I was like hype and so is Joel. And like, there's a lot of things that in that moment you can't put in because it doesn't match the tone of what you're creating. So like there, there was moments of absolute sheer uh, mayhem that uh, you can capture a little bit, but you can't douse the audience in it completely for 15 minutes straight because everybody's losing their freaking mind. Like it, it becomes unconsumable. Uh, so I just wanted to kind of say that because I, I just want people to understand that like, because I know, I, I listen, I used to drive a truck and drive around all day listening to podcasts. And before I was even thinking about being a podcaster, the number one thing that popped in my head is, how do I know this person's not pulling much shade? Mm -hmm. You know? Yep. And so I know people on the other side of the screen right now and the other side of the microphone are doing the exact same thing with me on a weekly basis. And um, and I, and that's why I wanted just to say, you don't have to believe me, but that's that's literally why, you know, it's been it, it's been summarized because we had a lot more things happening that week, um, including um, being well being followed than us chasing people and uh that was crazy it, it, too you know and that's the funny thing is like a lot of people they, they bring it up and they're like that was such a crazy moment and i'm just like was it like in the moment i don't think i was thinking clearly as to what was going on <laughs> and then hindsight looking back i'm like I, i'm like but maybe it's because i lived it and i survived mm -hmm. it and i i know ultimately nothing came of it i'm just like eh it wasn't that exciting, but people love it. They're just like the chase scene. And I'm just like, they could have had oh. holes already dug for you in the desert. <laughs> yeah, that would be yeah. scary. It's possible. And, and honestly, you know, because I was the one that spotted this out when it happened. So we're, and I'm just a super paranoid person. And I'm always looking. You know, my granddad taught me when I was a kid, like, always have eyes in the back of your head. So, like, I always kept yeah. that true to me as I was growing up. And I remember it was dusk because it wasn't dark yet. And we're driving past or we're running up on a uh, a railroad tracks that were coming across the road. So I know we kind of slowed up a little bit. And I happened to notice in this dirt road that just went on off and forever in the desert area, there was a truck there and it was idle. The lights were dimmed though. So the light, like the headlights were off, but you could tell the other lights were still on so that it was running. And I was like, that's kind of weird. But then again, I'm like, man, I don't know the area that well. It could just be there waiting for somebody or who knows what. Maybe they're just sitting out there, you know, doing something illegal. I don't know. So <laughs> we're driving past and I noticed, though, the lights cut on after we got a little bit of waste and it pulled out slowly. 
So for a while, I don't say anything to anybody. Remember, I don't say anything to anybody until we get back to the campsite, back to Space Wolf. Because I'm I, I, in my head, I'm trying to map this out. I was like, am I being paranoid right now? Or is this something that somebody's actually following us? But we had gone to several uh, stop signs and turned different ways. And this vehicle kept following us, all those different turns that we made. And then when we pulled in, I noticed it slowed up right in the front of Space Wolf. I was like, that's for, they're for sure following us. That's when I told Tony, I was like, stop the vehicle. Let me get out real quick. I jumped out and looked and they kept creeping by real slow. And I was like, they're following us. So in that moment, we just do like we do. We just do whatever we're feeling in the moment. So we started chasing this vehicle. Now, one of the things that isn't necessarily reflected in the film was, uh, so we when we were chasing this vehicle, probably and this vehicle is going over 100 miles an hour i mean we're chasing Jeez. this vehicle so we know we know they're following us I, I, I was going 70 and i i could go on that but i was going 70 and we rem, not even remotely could keep up with them yeah. yeah we could see them but we weren't keeping up with them and you could tell they knew the area well because dude listen these are back roads and they're flying around back roads we're just trying to kill ourselves just going 70 because sharp turns weird turns you know we're out in the middle of nowhere but halfway through that chase there was another vehicle that pulled in behind us that started chasing us as well so it was we were kind of boxed in and we got to a point where we hit the city limits and i saw the truck kind of dart out whereas you know wide open tons of cars everywhere i was like we've lost it at this point at that point we decided to turn around when we did that other car pulled off while that's happening though joseph is the only person back at the campsite while that happened another vehicle pulled in and moved real slow to the front and joseph saw him so joseph actually flashed some lights at him and when they saw that they took off mm -hmm. so i think that it was a distraction to move us off of there and they didn't realize that somebody was still back at, at the camp, camp. Yeah. so when we got mm. back we obviously did a thorough search of the area to make sure nobody had and like Ward said, we don't know if somebody had gotten out of one of the vehicles and jumped off in the dark in some of the bushes or whatever at that point either. So, uh, and we did. We did a thorough search, made sure there wasn't anybody there. And to our knowledge, nobody was there. Uh, that night also produced some weird things too because we decided to get as close as we could to the other big ranch that was next to us. So we actually went deep into this brush weird area kind of on the ground below the mesa so this is kind of where a lot of the weird stuff happened some weird stuff did happen i know there was a moment where we're deep in some like wooded areas and some little girls started talking to tony out in the wood <laughs> no and, thank you yeah that happened and that's oddly happened on several trips we've been on where there's been weird voices in the woods or like childlike voices that have talked to us or tried to lure us into certain spaces and i joked and this isn't giving anything away but on our last trip i joked about it and i said i don't know why they're trying so hard like we're going anyway so like we're gonna be where they're at anyway so you know these entities faith folk or whatever like we're coming like if you want to do whatever you got to do we're gonna be in the middle smack down the middle of the craziness so you don't have to try to lure us out there we're coming out of our own volition in my opinion they're trying to split you up that's more what the right. goal is, not because you guys are going together. You guys are moving as a unit into these places. That's not, if we're talking the Fae or demonic or whatever, you know, that's not easy to attack. It's better yeah. when, you know, if you split Tony off or split Joel off, then you can focus everything on one person. Uh, when we did Wendigo, we did, uh, you know, a couple hours on the Wendigo with the Native American legends, which I believe is the same spirit as the Skinwalker. Uh, 
or just the northern, the Algonquin version. Uh, they talk about that a lot of times. The Wendigo will either mimic kids or it'll mimic a loved one to lure you further. The, one of the real famous ones we just covered was like an 08 or 09, and a guy had let his dog out. It's like 3 a.m., so he's letting the dog go pee, and it's snowing. And here's his wife say, like, hey, Blake, come here, outside. And he's like, no, I. she was inside. But they had goats and stuff like that. She's like, so he's like, maybe she is outside, and there's something wrong. And so he started walking, and he kept following, hey, Blake, I'm over here. Blake, I'm over here. Following, following, following into the woods. And then from the house, here's his wife scream, you know, what the hell are you doing? And he turns around, and he sees his wife in the doorway. And then from behind him, he hears, no, I'm over here beeline straight into the house and he was but he was following it and the, they just following it because it's it's something and i think that's what they do you know their their whole thing is just to split you apart from that thing oh yeah that's that's terrifying and you know what's funny is that i don't think i've ever spoken out loud that vibe of the similarities between wendigo and skinwalker is that a popular opinion or not because that's our opinion we've done episodes as far as i know we're the only ones that have really dived into it so with the the reason, oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say the only reason why I can go, I want to hear your reason, rationality and stuff because it's much more educated than mine. Uh, literally, the only reason why I've ever felt that, uh, and probably because I don't, I don't speak about it, is because I don't know enough about the topics to begin with, is the similarity in, in, in looks and vibes. Very and, much. And I'm just like, when I, when I first started doing all, because I mean, I, I started, when I started podcasting, that's how I learned about this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I just talked to people about their experiences and I learned through that. And I'm like, they look so much the same. Like what's the difference, you know? And then, you know, people are like, oh, there's definitely a difference. I'm there like, is, oh, okay. You know? there, there is a difference, but I think it's the same. So when we're talking about skinwalkers in a lot of like, well, you guys are, you know, you dealt with the Utes, but there are in several other tribes, they talk about skinwalkers. Even some of the Appalachian tribes have what they call the skin changers, which is pretty much the same legends. Uh, they are taking on a evil spirit to gain these powers. They're basically becoming a host, and it's a very, very precise ritual. You know, you're talking about the very final stage of becoming a skinwalker is the sacrifice, whether it's a loved one. Most time, it's uh, a son, a daughter, or your mother are the three real popular ones. You know, dads get left out because they're dads. Hmm. Uh, but it's this Jeez. whole really controlled ritual that takes sometimes years or decades to finish to get these powers. Wendigos become Wendigos from desperation. It's normally cannibalism is the big one uh, with desperate times, you know, in the harsh winters and stuff like that. But you can also, from necrophilia and some ancestral things, become a Wendigo, depending on which tribe you're talking to. In the Alg So the Algonquins took over most of the north, and there's you know, dozens of smaller cultures inside the Algonquin tribes. Because uh, a lot of the Algonquins took over everything. So when they came in, you pretty much either agreed to become Algonquin or you fought and you lost. So the tribes that survived were like, yeah, we'll be Algonquin. We'll do whatever, you know. Uh, I always wanted to be Algon Algonquin. <laughs> always. <laughs> so what happens is when you look at Wendigos versus Skinwalkers, in my opinion, the Wendigo is... What was I saying? Sorry, the Wendigo is much more uncontrollable. When you see they are still kind of intelligent, they're still kind of reacting and luring and hunting people, but they are still much more animalistic in their, you know, in their abilities and what they're doing. Wendigos can kind of panic and kind of when they run and chase, you know, it's much more like being chased by an animal. 
when you look at skinwalkers, it's much more intelligent. It's much more human-ish because they did the ritual to have more control of the spirit. When you become a Wendigo, it's more accidental or out of desperation. So the spirit has more control over you. And that's my opinion. So it's the that's same kind of entity, same things, but just the reactions. I feel bad for Wendigos now. <laughs> well, it, most legends say they didn't. It's not a choice. You know, it's it's out of desperation. You know, you're freezing sure. to death in the in the Wisconsin winters, and you only got your brother to eat. Wow, it's like literally, oh, you poor soul. Like, <laughs> I I feel, I kind of feel for you now. I, I mean, I'm not going to hesitate to take your head off, sucker. No, yeah, uh, they, they'd appreciate it. I'm sure. Yeah, they're, probably. They're, they're, they're like, please, they're that's what I'm this, asking for. Yeah, they're trapped in this curse also. So, wow. it, you know, they, it's not, unlike the Skinwalker, it's not a thing they did to accomplish becoming a Wendigo. It's just mm. kind of out of desperation. But still doing what we, even in their cultures, you know, deem as heinous acts. But yeah, mm. there's, there's the quick opinion. It's a pretty good opinion. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, uh, I was going to ask one more thing. What was it? Here's how bad I am. Oh! You guys got that. Really? So I believe somebody was shooting B-roll, and you got that weird UFO going through. Mm. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Because I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, so sometimes when I watch back on film, I regret doing things that I, I do because I'm like, oh, you look like a dork, dude. Like, <laughs> and, and when we were... And I, I am. I'm a dork, you know? Like, I hate to break it to people. I'm not cool guy Tony. Like, I wish I was. I wish I was Mr. Cool Guy all the time. Uh, but we were driving out to Utah, and we got a phone call from Joseph telling us this story. And my face was just like, Ugh! I was like so excited. Like, that's awesome, man. I was like, man, come on. Play, play cool collected, you know? Uh, but... They were setting things up, you know. They, they didn't really have. This was the first film that Joseph was a producer on, and um, Christian was with him, and they were just kind of setting up camp, waiting for the rest of the team to arrive. And we were probably somewhere in Nebraska, and um, we get this phone call that they set binoculars up on a tripod just to overlook uh, over on the mesa and stuff. And Christian just so happens randomly to take his iPhone and put it up on the binoculars while he's shooting video uh, for B-roll, you know? Like, we don't know what's going to happen with it, like, at all. Like, we're just starting the journey, and for all our, all we know, the journey's over already because it's going to be a boring week. And so we I just want to show people the sights, you know? And um, just as he put it up, something shoots across the frame. And Joseph says that he actually saw it come vertically down shoot horizontally across where we actually caught it on video and then shot straight up in the air. It was large. It was probably about the size of a tree. And I don't know what it was. It was like white and extremely fast in broad daylight. We caught that on the iPhone. That kind of kicked off the week before we even got there. The way it looked was super weird too, as far as, even as far as UFOs go. You know, it just, to me, it, it was so smooth. It just looked, it looked really weird. I don't know. That's all I can say. I need to watch this film. Yeah, you should have. Oh, how dare you, bro? Like, how dare you? How <laughs> no, you can't get mad though, because there are literally thousands of clones. So I'm sure there's probably at least uh, a thousand remember, clones I'm the party that have seen it. This is just the model that has it. Gotcha. This is the okay. 305 model. It's yeah. the party model. This model ain't doing nothing but partying. Me and Emily gotcha. sat okay. right in here on premiere night and had fun. I think I worked. I don't probably. Know. Probably. Man, 
Man, I gotta, I gotta get the job of becoming a clone model. It sounds like you don't have to do anything but have fun. Like, oh, <laughs> you don't gotta. Each one has their own perks. Oh yeah, yeah. There's give and take to everyone. You know, that's such as life. Jay just puts puts Diesel in the bus. That's his contribution. You know, it's kind of yeah. contribution. That's the smallest contribution. Gotcha. Yeah. So I mean, the um, that that thing was very interesting. It, it did move very smooth, um, and it it really got me excited because before I arrived there, I knew we had something waiting for us. And then once I saw it, I was like, man, if nothing else happens this week, we could at least maybe show that. You know, because that's my thought. Mm -hmm. Like it's my second film, and like I'm nervous that we're not going to have anything happen to us. And you know, it's like. I already invested the money. Yeah. I already took a team across the country from all over the place. Like we we will put out a film. It's just, you know, like what's going to be in it? We don't know. Like we we start out these journeys and we have no idea what's actually going to happen in the film. And uh, it, it it's very very stressful <laughs> in those with that with that thought because it's just like you know you're trying to build something that's successful, but you're banking it on chance mm -hmm. always. Yeah. Mm -hmm. just constantly every time you're just like well we'll see what happens like that's not a way to run a business <laughs> yet here i am <laughs> and uh I, I it's it's a it's a learning curve it's a it's a process uh we're working on a lot of different things right now um i think that in the next two years hopefully if things go well people will see uh exponential growth into different uh avenues even markets um i'm not sold on like the reason why i call the company merkel media not cryptid media is because i'm not trying to just do paranormal topics on everything that we do um that's the foundation you know like that's why everybody came to the room to begin with but as we grow we want to start sprinkling in different things different topics and just you know actually have a media company where mm -hmm. we do a lot of things um and and one of my things is I, I would love to do kids content one day. Um, it's it's a hard thing to get into, especially with no money right now. But uh, we're trying. Uh, and I, I, I guess it sounded like you were transitioning a little bit. So I'll, I'll transition a little bit too. Because I don't want to leave here without uh, talking about what we, we've done since that film. Mm -hmm. uh, and we don't need to make another two-hour you know, recording on it you know, and breaking out the details. But... I will say that um, the next film that we come out with is going to be a film where we went to Washington State to investigate the area that my friend Wes uh, Germer from Sasquatch Chronicles had his infamous uh, Bigfoot encounters. Um, not ongoing encounters, but it was one night, many Bigfoot, uh, terrifying experience. And we go out there and, uh, you know, it... it you're, you're, I'm kind of walking on on high hopes, uh, but I also knew that, you know, it's like, well, listen, at the end of the day, we're doing a film about Wes's Bigfoot encounter location. We know we can get there and at least document that, if nothing else, so that, hey, the whole world was captivated by this encounter like 12 years ago. And now we can show them on video, 4K, where it was, what happened, right? Um, and we did that. And we did have experiences up there, especially the last night. But what we didn't expect, again, things unfold around you, is that we stumbled across a missing person case. Mm -hmm. And nobody knew where this person was until we found their property and we reported it. And um, long story short, I've been in touch with the guy's former 
fiance. And I get the sense that not former because he's gone, but former because they broke up. Um, but I've been in touch with her and she, to this day, as of a couple months ago, said to me that they haven't found him. And she has the van that we found and all his possessions, but they haven't found him. But what the police did do is they organized a search party up there. And this, this place that we found his stuff at was probably about 100 to 200 feet max from where Wes had his Bigfoot encounters. Like it was right there. Wow. And this guy wasn't found on the search party, but they found four other dead bodies. And so, <coughs> excuse me, I'm getting over being sick. It really kind of gives us this missing 411 vibe, Bigfoot's killing people vibe. Um, and it's it's very concerning. Mm-hmm. The night that we we went up there and had our experiences, we came from Wes's studio. And I asked him during our interview, I said, do you think if you and your brother weren't in your vehicle that night, you'd still be here? And he said, no. If we weren't in the vehicle with a false sense of security, either these things would have just grabbed us or we would have acted in a way that would have caused a terrible outcome. And so we go up there that night and we see that the guy's vehicle is still there. And we're like, okay, there's something weird here because nothing had been touched in days. And um, my thought, this is my, my own thought process behind it. Um, I got Bigfoot on the brain and I'm like, what if these things, this guy, cause this guy was, uh, he made his way from Baltimore, Maryland across the country on $1,200 and he wanted to live off grid. He, all he had was a van and his weed and a, and a bucket of poop in that was unused which means that he didn't, he wasn't there very long. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, and he left his weed out, everything. Two like, no jars. Two Actually, huge jars. Jars Big, long. outside. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so like, I, I'm like, what if this guy was outside his vehicle and these things came in and got between him and his vehicle and he's just gone. Um, and so that film is going to be coming out in the spring of 2024 uh and then in the summertime we're actually releasing our very first feature film our very first movie um starring uh, joseph granda who is the head of film and streaming development at merkel media he wrote the film he starred in it and uh it's a really cool little film it's called the sasquologist and uh, people can go to the sasquologist.com and follow all updates there but uh, basically, it's about a biologist who has been tracking Patty's offspring who migrated to the Colorado Rockies. And he is trying to scientifically prove that they're there. And he comes across a kid, literally a kid, like a teenager, who is doing the same thing, only he's saying Bigfoot's an interdimensional being that comes out of portals. And he's like, you're freaking crazy, kid. Get away from me. <laughs> And it's it's about a movie. It's comical. It's a comical movie, hmm. but it's about how these two characters come together and they uh, they join forces on the hunt, and um, they discover a lot of things about themselves in the process. Um, I've seen the rough draft of it, which means there was no music in it. It was just roughly chopped together, mm-hmm. uh, and there were some parts in it that I kind of got teary eyed. Um, on a comedy, a comedy movie, and I think it's because I'm getting old, and I see, I see re- re- everything I look at. I'm like, that could be my relationship with my son one day, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's what I think about. But um, that film is coming out in the summertime. And uh, let me just say this: 
Exhibition Dogman was our very first film. I, I didn't have a budget for it. I did wind up spending like $5,000 on the trip and my wife was really mad at me for it. Um, <laughs> and and um, we, we came out with something that I thought was a really good film for the first film that had no direction. We came out The Shape of Shadows and it blew Exhibition Dogman out the water. Mm-hmm. Exhibition Dogman was a good, good film. Um, Wes Germer film is going to blow the shape of shadows out of the water. I can't wait. Absolutely blow it out of the water. And I can honestly tell you what we just filmed a few weeks ago is better than all of them. Absolutely better than all of them. And it would, I don't know if it would be if we didn't do the second journey. We, we all went home and we convened and we're like, we feel like we left meat on the bone, guys. Let's get it. Let's do one more night. Ward and I did. Yeah. We were driving home because Ward lives here in Ohio with me. Uh, more up towards the Cleveland area. So anytime we go on these trips, he'll, if it's on the way, like through Cincinnati, he'll just stop here, leave his car here. We'll get in the SUV together and drive. But on the way back, he and I just had this really just compelling feeling that we just left stuff on the table. We were like, man, there was something that we needed to discover that we didn't. And some events that we won't talk about on air had happened over the next course of the next couple of weeks that drove us to say, you know what? We need another night. We need a night where we can go out there um, as we do, where we just put ourselves in the space mm-hmm. and we get to discover. What's, what's really crazy, guys. So, Justin, you were talking about how that when we go out in these places, these things don't mess with us because we're together. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily true. So I get sent off alone a lot on these trips, and and, and I love it. So it's not like they're like making a good point. I was going to say, you get like, sent off alone, right. or you go off alone. <laughs> go off alone. Well, they know that I'm willing to do it, so it can create for some great things to happen, which it has. So initially, we went to a specific area, and this isn't giving anything away, but I got to suit up with Scott Carpenter's actual kit his actual rig that he went out there and caught a lot of cryptids on camera. And so I, I, I love that. Just the fact I got to wear his actual rig that he caught things on was really cool. And I got sent off into the Daniel Boone by myself for a couple hours uh, just trying to discover things. And then that night, just and we're not going to talk about it here, and you guys already kind of know mm-hmm. off air some of the things that went down. But, man, you talk about one of the wildest trips between two trips – the things that happen literally blows everything else out of the water we've done. Yeah. And it seems to be every trip that we go on, it happens that way. It's just we're, we're putting ourselves in the environment. We're, we're allowing things to happen around us. We're not trying to contrive it. We're not trying to make it happen. Um, do we do testing and stuff like that and have people come on with devices? Absolutely. I think that's important to see how – the, the, the environment may react to those things, but I can tell you that it always either ends or at some point of the trip, we are just in the space. Yeah. We're not doing anything. We're just there to see what happens. And that's generally when the most stuff happens, when we're not trying to do anything at all. So mm-hmm. uh, it was an absolute, to Tony's point, and I didn't mean cut Tony off, but like to Tony's point, like that was uh, amazing. Uh, this last trip and it just seems to be escalating more and more and more and like everything that's going on with Marco Media right now is, is just moving in such a positive direction 
so many different forms of media are coming out underneath the umbrella of Merkle Media. And I've got some projects I'm working on behind the scenes that Tony knows about, that you guys know about as well. I think we're all just creating right now and we're trying to push uh, this media format to the next level and create things that people aren't doing, that people aren't thinking about, that are in this space, that also causes your mind. It's entertainment, but it's also truth to it. Mm -hmm. We're hoping to make people aware of things going on in the world, in the spiritual world, because that's what we think that it is. Make people aware of things going on in the spiritual world by giving them entertainment and giving them truth in a way that's palatable, even to the average audience. Yeah, and I mean, we 100% want to entertain people. Like, we're, like, people, I mean, people will, you know, you get people trolling you and stuff and saying certain things, and like, you're just doing it to, for entertainment. Uh, yes, 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 I am. Because that's what I, that we're all here for. Mm -hmm. And the people that uh, often say it are people who are making their own content and miss that, that fact. Um, n a large portion of people out there want information in a way that will keep their attention. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're trying to do. Uh, and we do it our way because when we're having fun, it's entertaining. And so we try to have fun doing what we do our way and let the cards fall where they may. And I fully, I, I, I don't want to say it. I, I, you know what? I'm not even going to say it because I don't want to even speak it into existence. Uh, I'm not even going to say it. But um, I think that the more we do it, the, uh, the more the methodology will work itself out. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're figuring it out as we go. And uh, I think we're, we're in for some really interesting results over the years, the more we do these kind of trips. Um, but ultimately, ultimately one day, I'd like to have it up and running to the point where I don't have to be in the film for it to be successful, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm coming up on 40. I'm not, I'm not, you know, super young. I'm not old either. But I do read the future and I see that 20 years from now, I'm not going to be wanting to run around the woods hunting monsters the way I do it now. I might want to go on a camp trip and chill and hang out by the fire while somebody else goes to, goes to do it, you know? But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be in the shape. I'm already like in so much pain. And so <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm hoping that one day we can build it to the point where other people come alongside of us with the same ambitions, the same uh, desires and um, common thought process on things on how things should be done. And we can send other people out and do it too. And so uh, it's just the beginning stages. Uh, and just like my entire career doing this stuff, people get to literally have a front, front row seat to the evolution of my life. Um, and I've gotten comfortable with it now. It wasn't very comfortable in the beginning. When I first started having people comment about things that I say on my show that is my business and it's not your business to, to put your two cents in, but yet they are. And I was like, oh, that's what, they, that's what, that's what this is all about. Mm -hmm. And so I've got I've gotten more comfortable with that over the years, but the reality is since 2000 since January 19th, 2017, um people have been having a front row seat to the evolution of my thoughts, my life, where I'm at, where I'm going. And Merkel Media and these films is just that next step of evolution in my life that people get to have a front seat view of and maybe they'll have that front seat view and like the um Chicago Fire, they'll just watch it and be like, oh my gosh, it's burning up. <laughs> it's, it's, part of, it's part of the cost of doing things the way I do it, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't think that 
uh, the, the, like we were talking about earlier, there's a spiritual component to all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and even my own personal life there is. And I don't think that that will happen uh, unless it's been ordained by God. Mm-hmm. And that's God just moving me away and saying, you, you've, you've served your time. Right. It's now time to move on. Mm-hmm. And I'd be happy to do that. I, I just want to do what God has for my life. And that means spending 20 years in the woods hunting monsters. I'll do it begrudgingly because my back hurts a lot. <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Um, but if that means, you know, he, 10 years from now, he pats me on the butt and says, job well done, good and faithful servant. Now go live in a trailer, in a field, farm the land, and just spend time with your family. I'm down with that too. Yes, sir. I'm mm-hmm. down with that too. That's amazing. Uh, I want to, do you have anything else before I wrap it up? I just think this has been an awesome and insightful discussion. I know, we could go for another three hours. Yeah, not just with the in, you into Basin, but just, just in life. on a personal, life, yeah, yeah, life in general. Yeah, agreed. I want to thank you both for coming on and spending this time with us. You're both amazing people, and you know we have personal relationships outside of this, and it's mm-hmm. been great growing with you guys. And I want to thank Tony and Joel for everything they've done for us because they've helped Absolutely. us out tremendously. Absolutely, understatement. But it just—it's always just weird to me how everybody, everything comes together. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's just—I just—I'm amazed, and I'm thankful to have you guys in my life. So there you go, getting all sappy here at the end. But please uh, plug your stuff again before we wrap up. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Merkel Media. Yeah. Um, website's Merkel.media. You can follow the podcast there, the films and everything that we got going on. Uh, go ahead, check it out, and uh, follow us on social media. Joel Joel requires me to say that now every time <laughs> I go on an interview. He's like, make sure you tell him about following social media, man. Like, I'm not posting this stuff for nothing. Like, come on, man. You got to tell him. You got to tell him. Follow social media. I'm like, okay, Joel. I'm going to follow. I'm going to tell him to follow me. So follow me on social media. Yeah, and you can just find me right now, Linktree slash Joel Thomas Media. That will just get you to all the different socials that I have up. So you'll be able to find me from on Instagram, uh, X, YouTube, whatever. You can find everything I do there, music-wise, podcast-wise, and speaking of which, so I haven't announced this anywhere yet, but it's getting close. So I have a new podcast coming out. It's called Free the Rabbits. It's going to be an interesting podcast i'm going to take conspiratorial cryptid different kinds of things in the truth or world and i'm going to break them down in a way that's educated but at the same time is to help us not live in the rabbit hole to where we can't connect with our fellow human to be able to live in the real world not get lost as our buddy Waniyala would say, lost in the sauce to the mm-hmm. point that we can't function in reality. And I think that that's the point of this. I, I really want people to look at things from an educated or a spiritual way that can help you and understand like, man, there's some weird stuff going on, but be like, you know what? This doesn't affect how I put my shoes on in the morning and how I go out there right. and I connect with others and live my life. And that's what God really wants us to do mm-hmm. in this world. And I think that that gets lost a lot when we start getting, you know, caught up with all this fear mongering and fear going on. There, these are actual realities that are happening around us. These interdimensional beings and things going on in the government, whatever it's happening. And we should be aware and act accordingly to protect our families or whoever else around us, our friends, but we don't need to let it control us. And I think that's something that I really, I, I really prayed a lot about. And I, I feel like this is something I can do well. 
So look out for it. It's coming out in the next few weeks. Free the Rabbit. It's going to be part of Merkle Media, and I'm really excited to do it, and I'm sure I'll be working with everybody that I love working with uh, eventually on the show too. Awesome. I, I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And Joel knows like how, how we like to end it, but it's Tony's first time on. So, Tony, we count down from three, and we just scream by, and that's the cutout. Perfect. All right. Three, two, one. Bye. 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 Different when I look at the heavens Glow from the brush strokes Leave a different impression Behind the holy water All I'm seeing is doubles Used to stop at the sixes Now I push to the sevens This is my confession Whoa, whoa, whoa The lights around me beckon Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm lost in my reflection No, no, no I ain't trying to go away at all I don't know if I'm caught up in the lights on the mesa They're so bright Makes me think about life In the desert that's swallowing me whole I'm just trying to cruise on a trail But I know that my script Is written in a way That won't make it easy for me when people look at me, they look for something they can define I just never knew a box I couldn't decline I never thought of being one of a kind I just spent my time elevating my mind This is my confession, whoa, whoa, whoa The lights around me beckon, yeah, yeah, yeah Lost in my reflection, no, no, no Trying to go away at all I don't know if I'm caught up in the lights on the mesa They're so bright Makes me think about life In the desert that's swallowing me whole I'm just trying to cruise on a trail But I know that my skill Is written in a way That won't make it easy for me, I know
Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.